I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. My guest today came to me from my dear friend and two-time podcast guest, Ellie Molina. She has introduced me to a couple of my guests who have actually changed my life. So I know when she refers me to someone, I must pay close attention. This guest today is someone I know you will all resonate with as I did. I listened to her speak on this YouTube channel and I was mesmerized. I couldn't believe the connection I had with her. I actually listened to it a few times. It was so full of so much insight on the level I am at right now and know whoever is listening is ready for her too. Here is an excerpt from her book original wisdom. Now is the time to rewrite your story of not being good enough and reclaim your authentic self. You are beautiful, empowered, radiant, drop of God. You are divine spiritual being on a human adventure. You are here to learn to respect, honor, and love your sweet self and your whole life. I am here to remind you how. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I love it. You know, I believe when you connect with someone on this level, it isn't in divine, it is in divine timing and meant for reasons to grow and expand. If it wasn't for this podcast or for connecting with Ellie, it makes me think, would I have ever crossed paths with this woman? In this example with Donna, I feel so strongly that I was meant to meet her. So however it was going to align, it would have. I have felt that way with so many of my guests. It's another lesson in life for me to remember when you listen to your intuition and just move forward in love and trust, like I did with this podcast, the clues to lead you to the next experience to up-level your growth will appear. It's that action, I believe, is the sign you are sending to God saying, okay, I trust that voice and I am moving forward. If we all knew that life was to be fun and full of pleasure not hardships or setbacks. All of what we think are failures or setbacks are actually setups for bigger and better things. We didn't come here for pure bliss. We came here for the contrast. So our souls can grow and learn and ascend to the next level of consciousness. This is what my guest today has done in the last 12 or so years. She awakened and took action and listened to her small voice and tapped into her higher self and is living her life on purpose with a passion to help others do the same. You are going to love her. Before we begin, please check out my new website, ashleygonner.com. I'm so excited about it. You can also put your name on the list for my programs or get my freebies. I created for you to create an amazing vision board. And I also created a 21-day manifestation challenge that you will love. Let me give you a little information about Donna before we begin. Donna Bond is a soul-centered catalyst for personal transformation. She believes when we do the work individually to trust our higher self and love our human self, the ripple effect changes the world. To this end, she serves in the role of a personal transformation consultant, spiritual mentor, and professional life and business coach, serving hundreds of clients across the globe to experience an empowered and more loving existence in the physical world. She's a graduate of the University of Santa Monica, where she earned a master's degree in spiritual psychology with an emphasis in consciousness, health, and healing, and carries a professional coaching certification. Her mission is to ignite your light, 
revealing your original wisdom to empower your highest self on your human adventure. I am so excited for this interview. So let's get Donna and begin. So without further ado, please welcome this beautiful human being that I think is amazing, Donna Bond to the show. Ashley, thank you. <laughs> it's so good to be here. And thank you. have turned into such a big fan so quickly. Thank you so much. Oh, oh well, it's not hard. In the intro, I mentioned Ellie and, you know, she's introduced me to a couple of my guests and with her, like the background with knowing they're, they've changed my life. I said, well, I've got it. I trust Ellie. I have to look in, into this Donna Bond. And once I started listening, I thought, oh my gosh, no wonder. I totally get why she connected me with you. I mean, I feel like we're soul sisters where there's a connection. I don't know. I think we would have met regardless. That's really the strength that I feel of my connection with you. I know that sounds odd coming from someone that you've met for the last five minutes. (laughs) There's really nothing you can say to me that sounds odd. You know, (laughs) I know that the universe works in mysterious ways and there's that soul recognition too. I think that happens and I totally get what you're saying. It's like, oh, hello. I love you. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, learning about you and learning about, you know, your story and how you were raised. And I have two girls, 12 and 15. And, you know, they learn everything. I've programmed them their whole life. They've learned whatever I've programmed. They're like little um, computers. And, you know, being conscious as an older mom, I've been super conscious about that because I know all the personal development and the books I've read before I had them. I was really knowing that when I had children, I had every day before they turned eight, like, okay, Ashley, what are we going to do today? Let's program them right. But, you know, when you think of how you were raised and, you know, what you believed and what your dad and mom put into your little program, And then how you start and how most of everybody, like, that's how we all are. That's how I, you know, everyone is that way. Uh, Go there and kind of show people, because I love when you get to this place in your life where it's like, wait, is this really life? Like, is this how it's supposed to be? Like, there's definitely something more because this is not how the rest of my other half of life needs to be or should be, or I want it to be, right? Yeah. You know, I love what you're saying about being a little kid and and we received the majority of our programming there. And I think that's definitely true. And I had a sense, like even in my late teens, like mid to late teens, I had a sense of really like this power, you know, like not an ego power, but like just this really strong connection to something greater, to something more. And, you know, my upbringing was all about hard work and sacrifice. And, you know, you go off to work and that's what you do. And both of my parents, their parents were immigrants who came to this country from Italy on the boat, literally. And so they were all about hard work and sacrifice. They passed that down to my parents and my parents, of course, passed that down to myself and my two sisters. I have two younger sisters. Me too. And really, you're the oldest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's this falling asleep, right? And so I almost feel like at the age of 21, I began to fall asleep and I fell asleep to this inherent power that is in me, that is in you, that is in every single living being, right? This is what I call our original wisdom. And then we get to the middle of our life and it's like, ding dong, you hear this wake up call and you wake up and you're like, holy shit, what happened to my life? How did I get here? Who is, mm-hmm. who are these people? <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think there, I've always had that, but it just, it gets covered up. It gets covered up with all of the programming and it starts at a young age, but then we, we carry it forward and we carry it through right? until a point that we get to that we say, gosh, this isn't really working for me. And that, 
you know, that's what happened to me at age 45. I woke up at the top of my game in my career, working for a very prestigious company, the Ritz Carlton. And I was miserable. You know, it looked like I had it all on the surface Mm -hmm. and I did, right? According to society's standards, but there was this really big void and emptiness and like I'm married to my soulmate. So that was even a little bit more confusing, you know, because I really did have it all. Right. But so, okay. I want to go back to the moment that you were on the plane going to the awards banquet yeah. and you just, that th- I felt like that moment was really a big time, like light bulb, yeah. aha, awakening or whatever you want to call it yeah. to where you're like, you know what, this is just not working. So that moment was really divine intervention. You know, there's really no other way to describe it. And so at this point, I had already enrolled myself in a master's program in spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica. And I was about a year into that program, which was totally crazy that I even went into that program because I was working a 60 hour a week job. I had a full plate. I was sick. I had a frozen shoulder at the time that I refused to sort of acknowledge. So I'm sort of dipping into like playing with my own consciousness. And there's an important part of this story that I want to drop in here before I tell you what happened on the plane. And that was um, my husband and I were reading... um, Nine do-it-yourself experiments that prove your thoughts create your reality. Pam Grout. Yes, I have that book. Right. E-squared. E-squared. Yep. And one of the exercises in that book is asking the universe to like deliver something to you in, in sort of a like a demanding way. But you can't have any attachment to the outcome. And so I asked the universe to deliver me an apple, which was totally random and meaningless to me at the time. So this was like 48 hours before I get on this airplane. And so I'm on the plane. I'm going to the Ritz-Carlton Global Leadership Conference, which was an annual event. And I'm reading a book called Finding Your Element by Ken Robinson, which was assigned reading for my master's program. Okay. And I had a lot of high hopes for this book, Finding Your Element, right? Because I'm truly lost inside, even though I won't admit it to myself or anybody else. And I had a lot of high hopes that I was going to find my element. But I'm like on the last few pages in this book, and I am no closer to finding my (laughs) element than I was when I started the book. But I'm reading, and Robinson is comparing our life to like navigating the ocean. And he's saying, most of us stick really close to the shore. Mm -hmm. And so there's something about this that's like resonating in me. And and then he uses Mark Twain's quote, 20 years from now, you're going to be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things that you did do. So you might as well throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, you know, explore, dream, discover. So I'm reading this and all of a sudden I'm like really getting confronted with myself at how safe I had been playing my whole life, right? Mm. And then the next line is a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lie within us. Mm. And now there's like emotions like bubbling up inside of me. And then I get to like the clincher, which is this little eight line poem by Elizabeth Appel called Risk. And it says, and then the day came when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than the risk it takes to blossom. Mm. And in that moment, like that frozen shoulder that I had, it was that bud. Right. It was that bud. And like in that moment of revelation, 
I suddenly had like the clearest download. But what are you doing? Like you can't keep being in this hypnotic trance on this conveyor belt that you're calling your life. And literally, Ashley, in that very second, I decided, like, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to think about it. Like I decided I'm out, I'm done. I'm quitting this job. I was so miserable. I just wanted out. And so I went to that conference feeling very, very clear about my choice. And so my behavior at that conference was really different than the typical me who is usually like first to the breakout rooms, like getting a front row seat, taking copious notes so I can run back to the office and implement all of the things that I learned <laughs> in the conference, right? Like oh, funny. none of this is happening. None of this is happening. I'm really like, I'm in a place where I'm sitting back. I'm like energetically sitting back and I'm just observing And it was the very last night of the conference. And I had really a great sense of freedom. I'm talking to the gentleman who was next to me, who was in a motorcycle accident and he had titanium in his leg. And he's like showing us pictures on his iPhone of like the titanium in his leg. And I am talking about energy medicine and holistic healing and spiritual stuff. Oh, funny. Everybody is like laughing. We're having a great time. And I just had this sense of freedom that was over the moon. Oh, I love that. And even said to everybody like, isn't this more interesting and fun than talking about sales and marketing? You know, (laughs) everybody laughed and my name was called to the stage where I was the recipient of the Western Regional Marketing Achievement Award now for the third consecutive year in a row. Wow. And so I go collect my award and I'm walking back to the table feeling even more confident about my choice, right? And I sit down and they have just served dessert. And dessert is this extraordinarily elaborate apple dessert. Oh, I like that apple confit and green apple sorbet. And and I would have missed it, except Mm -hmm. the Ritz-Carlton, in all of their brilliance, they always include a menu card, right, with what they're serving. Right. So I'm sitting down and the word apple is next to me, like apple, apple, right? Apple this, apple that. And, And that right there, in that moment, Ashley, my magic. Board. Like right. that was it. It was like this, uh, sorry. No. I, <laughs> but it was this like amazing recognition that we are so connected and we are so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for every single day. And we just get so caught up in the shit and the bull crap that doesn't matter. Right. And so I made a lot of choices, you know, from that moment forward that have led me here to sit with you today. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know you in life. I always, when you have that revelation or this moment that you're, you know, you're going to pivot or you're going to transform into something completely different. It's when you do that, you take the action. And then all of a sudden, all these, these clues that have always been there, but you haven't made that decision. You know, I always say like, just do it and then everything will follow, you know, but you do that. And that's what I watch in, and what I've learned from you is what I try to teach my students is like, once you do it and you know, and you're listening to that voice inside and, you know, call out the, the, the apple or whatever it is to give you that sign. Cause they're, they're all there. <laughs> and it's because you're so in this blindfold of life and you don't see it. And that's what I call the magic. And that's why I feel like there's magic every day and life is about that. And life is about seeing it and being in that awe state. Like we are so much more powerful. I mean, to know that we can create anything and our, even just through our thoughts, you know, and to know that that moment that we, you thought 
I'm going to find an apple. (laughs) I mean, I love doing those games. I do those games with my girls all the time, just to show them you can create anything. You can see anything. It's always there. You know, you just like look up, you know, (laughs) but, but, you know, when you think of the story that I also wanted to share was the magic of you didn't meet your husband till you were 40. Yeah. And how that happened, because, you know, I think of, I tell this story all the time, but I had a Hallmark card that I had in my pantry for five years and it was called the soulmate. And I had just bought it at the Hallmark store one day. And I thought, Oh, one day when I meet my husband, I want him to feel like we're soulmates. And I would read it every morning when I had coffee. And when I met my husband at 35, three months later, we went to Hawaii. He brought me a card and it was that card. Yeah. And I thought, here, I'm sitting here with him reading this card going, I've memorized these words because it's in my pantry, but I didn't take away the the moment. (laughs) I didn't tell him. But, you know, when you have, like, I feel that's what I connected with you with your, with your um, husband, how you met him. So tell your amazing, it's always there, you know, and you just, you caught on and you see it and you're looking at those little details that are telling you, this is it. I don't need to question it. God or the universe is showing me these are the breadcrumbs. Let's keep going, Donna. (laughs) The breadcrumbs. Uh, Where did you read about this? I'm curious because (laughs) this is actually the story I'm about to tell you is not in my current book, but this is going to be in the next book for sure. So you're getting a story that I haven't often told in public. (laughs) Oh, really? Um, I did my deep dives. Don't yeah, I? <laughs> you have. I'm so impressed. Gosh. So this was in 2008. And I actually had, I had been dating a gentleman who was a colonel in the Air Force. And he was lovely. And there was a little joke between us that I used to tell him on a regular basis, you need to color outside the lines. And I would say this to him all the time. You need to color outside the lines, color outside the lines, color outside the lines. It it was such a thing that at one point, I think I bought like a 24 pack of Crayola magic markers and like (laughs) left it for him, you know, on the windshield of his car with a little love note. Well, one day I woke up and I was like, listen, Donna, are you like going to make sacrifices for this man? And it was a resounding no. And we just, we weren't a match, you know, in, in a million different ways, we weren't a match. Right. So I broke it off with him. Fast forward, I'm on match.com and I'm not impressed, right? Like I'm pretty <laughs> much hitting the delete key. Like I, I literally can remember myself like laying on the couch, just like delete, 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 delete. And I got to an email from Mr. Paul Bond who said, gosh, it's so nice to see that somebody is reading Carolyn Mace because her book, Sacred Contracts, had such a profound effect on me that I painted a series of paintings named Sacred Contracts. Well, Ashley, guess what book I was reading at that moment? Of course. Reading Sacred Contracts. Mm Mm-hmm. So that got my attention, right? Like that got my attention. So I go to this guy's profile and this is before I am doing any of this work. Now I have always been a spiritual seeker, like since a very, very young age, but by no means did I have the level of attunement that I have today. But I landed on this guy's profile on Match and like, there's energy, like something's moving, something's happening to me. Well, I get to the very last line of his profile and it says, I'm looking for a girl who knows how to color outside the line. You know who you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So we corresponded online for maybe a month. He was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I don't know if I mentioned that. And I am am in San Clemente, California. So we are emailing back and forth. And the truth is that we really fell in love over letter writing. We really fell in love exchanging correspondence Hmm. to one another. 
And when we met in person, it was like, we have to check that physical compatibility marker, right? Right. And the energy marker, even though at the time that wasn't really in my awareness, but his oldest daughter had just given birth to her son. And so he had a ticket booked to Southern California to come here to meet his grandson. Oh, wow. So that trip turned into our first date, which lasted for seven days. Wow. And um, we met on Pochi Beach in San Clemente. Mm -hmm. And we both took our sunglasses off and looked into each other's eyes. And, you know, my first thought was, I know you. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, That was that. (laughs) That was that. And uh, he proposed to me three weeks later on my 40th birthday, right? Like as I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. (laughs) And a pumpkin. (laughs) <laughs> you know, 14 years ago. Wow. And everybody was freaking out. I mean, I got to tell you, my boss at the time, I wasn't working for the Ritz-Carlton. I was working for a different company, but my boss at the time was running background checks and my mother was having a heart attack. And <laughs> like everybody was freaking out, but I had never been so sure, sure. inside yeah. of myself oh. or about anything. You know, and I had had a husband before him and I had several, you know, pretty significant relationships, but this was the one. Huh. And so in your marriage now, cause he's on the same, he's a spiritual, I mean, he was reading sacred contracts. So that's a big, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a huge to me, like I would, that would be a, a very much, we're in alignment with each other. Do you grow together? Is your relationship like you're constantly in an awareness like that together? Um, I believe the purpose of our relationship was to come together to realize each of our individual potential as we reflected it back to each other. And he was really technically sort of my first coaching client, if you will, before I ever huh. you know, knew I was going to be a coach. Because when we met, he was selling real estate. And I saw these paintings that were stacked up in a back bedroom in his house in Santa Fe. And I was like, oh, what's that? And he was like, oh, yeah, like I sort of dabble in that. And it's like a little hobby. Well, I don't know if you've checked it out yet, but you'll have to make your way over to paulbondart.com. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Oh, good. I will. Is a magic realism oil painter. And today he is a full-time professional fine artist. Oh. That is how he earns his living. And he's actually exhibiting right now in Laguna Beach at the Festival of Arts. Oh, my gosh. His 11th consecutive year. And so he really blossomed as an artist sort of while I held space for that to occur. And I, of course, was like marching off to corporate America, you know, pissed the whole time that I'm still marching off to corporate America. But I was able to create that framework for him to be able to realize his dream. And so as I watched him realizing his dream, I was like, I want that. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to uplift people. I want to inspire people to have big awarenesses about themselves and their life. He's pretty evolved. He's got a a beautiful level of awareness. And that's just who he is. Isn't that fun? What a fun life together. So fun. Very beautiful. Now I'm going to go down another path because I want the story about you discovering you had breast cancer. And I think why I want you to share that is because people give so much power to a test result or, you know, some kind of label. I'm this, or I have that. And I, the minute people say I have something, ah, my sirens go off because you can change that. 
And I love that what you did. And I, you know, when I think of like, even your dream and the signs that you look for and people can, you know, really tap into their subconscious mind when they go through something like breast cancer or some kind of a, another travesty that happens in their life. But I look at things like that and anything that's a hardship or a setback, you know, everything in our life is for a reason, you know, it's all perfect. And when you look at it that way and you look at it as a gift and what am I going to learn from that? Or what can I, you know, and, but you really stood up for, you know, finding the truth and looking for the truth and listening to your intuition again. And, you know, I feel like ever since you had that epiphany that you really, you know, listening to your intuition or like following that voice or saying yes, or, you know, taking the action and in life period is just one of the most important things and an awareness that, you know, I think these days, I think 2020 is this like shift in people's consciousness. I see more of it. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I see more of it because I surround myself with that, you know, but I feel like you really did. And so will you take me back to and explain how, you know, discovered the little tiny lump and how you went on that journey? Cause it's just profound. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. I want to give you a little bit of a backstory that is very relevant and important to this story. And that is the story of my frozen shoulder. And, you know, that day on the plane and my shoulder was frozen because I was stuck in my life. And it was really the outward manifestation of me knowing deep down that I was really, really unhappy, but not doing anything about it. Right. So it's like, it shows up as this stuckness. Right. I mean, it was just so obvious. Like when I go back and I look and I think about it and the way that I dealt with that was horrible. Like I was awful to myself. Hmm. I was so you know, pissed. This was like this big problem in my life, this big interruption, this big imposition that there was this thing that was wrong with me. Right. And I really treated myself horribly, Hmm. absolutely horribly when I was sort of suffering through that. And I had a sort of a wake up call with a coach that I was working with at the time who said to me like, Hey, when are you going to take responsibility for your own health? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm, you know, going to physical therapy and I'm going to get surgery and I'm seeing, you know, energy doctors. She was like, yeah, yeah. But like, when are you going to own it? When are you going to own your health? Right. Not own the problem. When are you going to own your health? That was a really big turning point for me with not only my health, but like my life. Life. Yes, totally. I love that. So I quit my job. Um, I did not become a coach right away because that still was not in my consciousness anywhere at all. Mm -hmm. But a year, I hung out a shingle rather as a marketing consultant. I had a lot of contacts. I'd been in hospitality marketing for 28 years. I was still able to really earn a good amount of money and finish my master's program, which was becoming more and more important to me in my life and what was happening with all of that. So here I am working as a marketing consultant, thinking I'm launching my company, Donovan Marketing, right? Yeah, funny. And I had made all these really big changes in my life. I had started meditating. I had started eating out of the Vitamix. I had started moving my body every day and getting regular exercise. And the most important thing that I will tell you is I slowed down. Like Hmm. I slowed down where I was beginning to actually listen to my body, to my mind, to my emotional body, and to my spirit, to my original wisdom, which the way that that information is going to come through is through our intuition. So I had a prophetic dream. I was in my dream. I was looking at myself in a mirror and there's this giant fish hook all the way through my left breast and it is bloody and it is messy 
And I'm fixated on the barb that has punctured, full puncture through my breast. And I say out loud in my dream while I'm looking at myself in this mirror, I say, how are you going to get out of this? Uh. Right? And I wake up. I wake up. And my first thought was, oh my, about two months before, I had felt this little, like, it felt like a piece of sand, like a little pebble on the top of my breast. And so I come out of this dream and I sit up and I'm like, oh my God, is that still there? Hmm. Sure enough, I reached down and yeah, it was still there. And so that day I made an appointment which led to another appointment and another and another and another. And five days before my 47th birthday, I was being handed a triple negative breast cancer diagnosis. And the way in which I dealt with that diagnosis was my doorway into self-love. That was my doorway into honoring and revering myself as a spiritual being on a human adventure. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it changed everything. And truthfully, I moved through the experience with ease and grace because I put myself at the top of the list, right? But it wasn't like, it wasn't putting myself at the top of my list out in the physical world. It wasn't about like getting spa appointments or, you know, it wasn't even about the self-care. And this is where I think people don't fully understand the difference between self-care and self-love, right? Because self-love is about like really listening to your own truth. And then having the courage to act on that. Mm-hmm. It's about making a commitment to yourself and actually keeping it. It's about speaking up when it's uncomfortable to do so and being able to do it from a centered, loving place instead of like getting into a combat againstness type right. energy with people. And it's a whole different way of being. Totally. But, you know, I want you to explain the, I don't know if I'm interrupting you, but I want you to explain the the moment that you decided that you were going to go to speak and you were going to postpone, but you had an intuition saying, I want a second opinion. I love that you did this much homework. You're so great. Yeah. So the first group of doctors that I visited I have no history of breast cancer in my family. I don't know squata about breast cancer, right? There's no history and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So I go to this group of doctors and they were like, you know, yeah, we're going to give you a lumpectomy. We're going to cut it out. You're going to have seven weeks of whole breast radiation and, you know, you'll be on your way. And literally the surgeon spent, I don't know, 10 maybe 15 minutes with me, like talking me through the procedure. And I walked out of there thinking, well, yeah, okay. Seems pretty straightforward, right? Like I'm just going to go do what I'm going to do. And of course the doctor and my husband were like, okay, like let's get the surgery scheduled. Like let's get this handled. Let's get it taken care of. And I was delivering this very important piece of my master's program which was the design and the delivery of this talk that I was giving about how our thoughts create our reality, which was a cosmic joke on behalf of the universe. I just want to be clear, right? (laughs) So I'm like giving this talk on how our thoughts create our reality and the universe is like, oh yeah, well, you want to learn how to walk your talk, sister? Here here you go. Let's give you a little material to work with. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So I pushed the surgery out for about 30 days because I wanted all my faculties 
right? Like to be able to deliver this talk. And this was a big deal. There were 50 people were attending this, like invitations had gone out, champagne had been ordered. <laughs> like <laughs> this was a brunch on a Sunday morning at a country club in San Clemente, right? It was happening. And I didn't want the interruption of the surgery and, you know, or even the drama, right, of this illness to interfere with what I was focused on delivering that was really so instrumental to the way that I was learning how to live my life and would go on to teach other people how to live there, right? So I pushed it out for 30 days and I agreed to have the surgery the Monday following my talk. Well, over the course of those 30 days, what unfolded was I kept winding up in conversations where people were talking about getting a second opinion. Now, none of these conversations had anything to do with me. People didn't even really know that I had received this diagnosis, but I kept like walking into conversations and would be observing people talking about a second opinion. So on the third one, Ashley, I'm like, all right, I got it. I hear you. So I called my doctor actually who did my breast augmentation and he talked to me about Dr. Lisa Guerra who at the time was at Hogue Hospital. And today she's with an organization called Breastlink, whom I am a volunteer for that. Oh, Yeah. And Dr. Guerra spent about two and a half hours with my husband and I detailing with us every possible rabbit hole that you could go down with breast cancer. Because what most people don't realize, there's like, 26 different types of breast cancer. Hmm. With all 26 different types, you've got a myriad of different treatment plans or paths. And so there's so many different avenues that you can take and choices you can make. Well, when I learned that I had to have seven weeks of whole breast radiation from the first group of doctors, I physically felt contraction, like in my whole being, that that was just such an uncomfortable choice for me. And I actually considered going through a mastectomy so that I didn't have to have seven weeks of whole breast radiation Mm -hmm. because apparently there's a chance that that can damage your implants and create scar tissue. And I'm like, I'm a young, beautiful girl. I want to wear a bikini and like have my boobs out, right? right. Like, <laughs> so that, like that, that doesn't really work for me. Well, but I never did anything about it. Like I just thought that that was the, my only option, you know? Right. Well, I'm with Dr. Guerra and she now is talking to me about something called interoperative radiation therapy, referred to as IORT. And IORT is a form of radiation that takes place during the surgery. And then she says, what's interesting about it, Donna, is that the device that we use to administer this type of radiation is shaped like a fish hook. Uh, see? Right? That's right. Right. Well, uh. I start crying. My husband starts crying. She starts crying. And, <laughs> and in that moment, I'm like, well, of course, this is my treatment plan. And right. she's like, you know, you have to qualify for it, which you do have to qualify for it. There's like a laundry list of, you know, things you've got to align with to make sure you're a good match for this type of treatment. But in my mind, Ashley, I was like, uh, yeah, I, I know I'm lining up with this right now. (laughs) So I ended up going through my whole treatment plan with Dr. Guerra and the fish hook (laughs) and the fish hook and the interoperative radiation therapy. And I am six years out, six and a half years out with a clean bill of health. I've never been healthier in my life. And the procedure was excellent. You know, all things being equal, had a little bit of a sunburn for, uh, you know, six or nine months. But I think that's a small price to pay compared to having Mm -hmm. to go 
seven weeks of whole breast radiation. So it was such a blessing and, you know, really the gift in all. I was just going to ask you that. You read my mind. What is the gift? I want to know the gift. The gift was really the relationship that I bloomed with myself. Hmm. Relationship between me and me. The relationship between my higher self and my human self. And the full integration of both of those parts of my being. And in that experience, I sort of made a, I'm going to say vow. Sometimes I feel like making vows are dangerous, like from Mm -hmm. lifetime to lifetime. (laughs) But I made a vow that I would no longer violate my own intuition, that I would stop betraying my intuitive voice. And, you know, when, when it became true that I really did have this diagnosis as a result of finding it myself through this dream, that was a pretty clear sign Mm -hmm. that I've got this information coming for me and, and I've always had it, Ashley. Like that's what I'm really aware of, right? Like at age 53 now, I know that it's always been available to me. It's always been part of me and I have trampled over it. I have ignored it. I have confined it. I have hit it. I have trampled over it. You know, you name it. Oh, but I mean, how many people don't do that? Everybody. I mean, that's the majority of this life that I see in these people. But how do you, with your clients, explain the higher self to the connection with your soul, like the higher self within? How do you get that connection? Yeah. So um, everything is energy, right? Everything is energy. Einstein said energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just reinvents itself in different expressions. And so when you think about the energy of all that is, right? The energy of all of it, this whole big, great universe that that we're all part of, our higher self or our soul, if you will, is a more narrowly focused projection of the energy of all that is. Our bodies, our physical selves, also have this same energy in us, right? Like we are each individualized expressions of this energy. We are a more narrowly focused projection of the energy of our soul. So oftentimes people think like I'm a body and I have a soul, but I really want bite us into the fact that it's the other way around, Mm -hmm. right? Like our body is our soul's avatar, right? And our body and, you know, and our mind is the much, much smaller part, right? Our infinite spiritual nature, right? You know, I've interviewed a few people and we talk about this a lot and I'm taking this course right now and it's an as- called an ascension experience. And we're talking about limiting beliefs and, you know, everything's perfect. Any failure, you, you have to do these plots and, you know, learning that, you know, when you think of your life as we're all one and the energy, everything is energy, like you said. So, I'm, you know, it's wrapping your head around getting people to understand that we're all one, this little part of this little part of that oneness is in this body to experience something that we decided that we wanted, that we need to learn, that we need to grow. We need to expand this soul. And we have these contracts or whatever you call them. I want to know what you, how do you view that? Like I've had some people say that I've had on the show, like there's 10% of it's in here, 90% out here. It's all connected to God. You know, every person you look at, we're all connected, you know, and I, and I explain that, but when they, it's getting a a grip on understanding that it is all energy, that this body is just this little avatar (laughs) that we get into a little bit of, but we have all this angels and all the support around us from our, you know, higher self 
that is guiding here to guide and listen to you if you want to listen to it, right? If you're going to tap into the intuition, because it's right there with you and you people feel so separate from it. And that's the part that when you realize that it's all, you're all, we're not separate. And it's when you tune into that intuition, right? So will you explain that? Yeah. So tuning into our intuition is different than tuning into the presence of our soul and the presence of our soul as an energy system. The way that we can think about that energy system is that that energy is love. It is what we as human beings understand most closely as the energy of love. So when we talk about tapping into that, what we're talking about is moving our ego, our programs, right? The part of us that is learned behavior and moving that aside in such a way that we can then rest in the energy of that love, which is the truth of each one of us. That is our original wisdom. Right. That is the energy of our soul. When we talk about intuition, intuition is like the highway that that information comes in to this part of our being, comes into our humanness. Mm-hmm. So, so intuition is, is different than our soul itself. And what I do with my clients is I assist them in removing the blocks to the awareness of this presence of love. And that phrase comes directly out of A Course in Miracles. But this is the process. And and the way that I think about it, you know, you're talking about percentages. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, we have all this noisy chatter in our ego mind. And our ego mind is the composition of all of our beliefs, everything that we've been taught. It's the learned part of ourself. And all of that information gets collected in the database of our mind. Mm -hmm. And so we operate our life according to the programs that are running in that database. And we have this whole other part of us, right? That is the higher self. That's why they call it the higher self. It's, it has a more aerial view of our life, of our whole life. It can see a lot further than we can see, like as boots on the ground, right? Right. It's like, it can see the obstacles up ahead. It can see the shortcuts up ahead. It can see what is for the highest good of all concerned, where when we're sort of stuck in our ego learned self, we're just worrying about getting our own piece of the pie, right? right. So. When we can begin to build that bridge, build a relationship between the learned part of us and our essential nature or the the authentic part of us, Mm -hmm. the more we cultivate that relationship, the more we're bringing that energy into our day-to-day life. Right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So my question is, is it being conscious of the others, getting the ego, you know, being aware of the ego and aware of the other, right. And to, is the ego, those self-limiting beliefs. And so what I like, there's self-limiting beliefs in that little corner, right. Okay. So what I'm learning is, you know, we all have our self-limiting beliefs. We have programs, all the things. So we've reduced those because we've focused on this higher self and we've realized we're coming from love because the ego is fear. So when we focus on the higher self and focus on love and live in that place, that ego just keeps diminishing and diminishing and getting lower and lower. So you are getting more connected to your higher self 
living daily in love and not getting triggered by your self-limiting beliefs. So that ego is completely is being, it's going to be there because we're human, but it's, you've diminished the, the effect. Is that true? Yes and no. I, the, the word diminish, I want to coach us all on that, right? We don't want to make the ego the bad guy. We don't want to try to kill off the ego because the truth is we cannot live here on this planet, in this dimension, in physical reality without our ego. We need our ego because that is literally how we move through life how we navigate the world. So we don't want to alienate that part of ourselves. And so I don't want to use the word diminish because there's a place in the middle, Ashley, and that's really the place that we're trying to get to. We want our ego, or at least I do, I can only speak for myself. I want my ego to be in service. Mm-hmm to that higher part of myself. I want my ego to be in service to what my soul knows is my highest calling, purpose, what I'm here to do, be. And the end all of that is love. It's always love. It reduces to love. It's as big as love. It's like, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. So the more I can bring that into my experience and look through that filter, then I see the world in a completely different way. And, you know, when we start talking about energy and vibration, then this makes the conversation even more interesting because love and hate don't exist on the same plane. They don't right. exist on, at the same frequency. So it is impossible to love and hate at the same time. Right. So the more I clear away the debris that my ego has cluttered in between, you know, my consciousness of my ego self and my soul, the more I clear that away, the more love shines through. And the more love shines through, the more my choices are different about my life. Right. So that's the, that's the shift. That's where you tried, like when you have your clients or the people that you help to understand, you know, we're all human and have an ego, but your shift is focusing on the love part. And I know we're not diminishing the ego, but we're bringing the love into the ego, even though they can't exist on the same plane, right? Right? Because hate. Yes. Well, so, you know, consciousness has different levels. Right. And it really becomes a matter of awareness. And so your, your ego is sort of holding your awareness. And it's just a matter of where your level of awareness is. Right. But on the the spectrum, you know, where the ego gets itself in trouble is we get stuck in the land of polarity. We get stuck in the land of good, bad, right, wrong. And that has us living like a ping pong ball, right? Right. We're good, we're bad, we're black, we're white, we're up, we're down. We're, it, it's, it's this polarity and it happens to be the way that we live here in physical world reality. So what is super helpful is coming to the middle and coming to a place of neutrality and a place of equanimity. Because when we are residing in that place of neutrality and equanimity, it's very easy to sit back in the love and to rest in that that natural essence of our true self is going to make itself known without us having to do anything or try to get anywhere. It, It doesn't have to be a big, long journey that we have to go on. It's literally just letting go of 
the position that we hold. Right. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It, it's in that positionality, right? Mm-hmm. That we literally create our own suffering. Right. How? Because I'm really at that place now that I understand what you're saying. It's your language that I'm trying to understand. And I love how you're saying it because I, that's new to me. But when you think of our age, you know, and how you live and your relationship with your husband and your relationship with your, the people that you surround yourself with, isn't it just the, like the most, I don't know if empowering is the word, but it's like a uplifting or whatever, like a, it's peaceful to live in a place of sitting back and looking at everything through the eyes of love. Well, I love that you said the word empowering because that is like very real and true as a result of this type of work because the soul is a drop of creation, right? And that makes us all creators. And when I begin to identify with this idea that I am a creator of my own life, Mm-hmm. That is immediately a more empowering place to live from, right? Than living from this standpoint that I'm being victimized by life and I'm a subject of life circumstances, right? Or subject to life circumstances. It's a game changer. Oh, such a game changer, and it's so a- invigorating and so freeing to live that way and to know that is the truth. And it's so amazing to meet people like you, you know, it's like, like I said at the beginning, and I know we're getting to the end, but you know, when you meet somebody that, that explains things that, you know, but says it in a different way, or, you know, that you're like, oh, that's such a great way. It's just so, you just feed my soul. (laughs) You're like this watching you talk this angel, like you're, I'm looking at your eyes and it's just like, I know you have this in you, you know, and we all do you know, and you found it yeah. uh, and you wrote this book and we haven't even got to that, the, that I absolutely love. And you said to me, and I'm, and it is like, you are a new, you, it's like when Ellie's saying you're a Hay House author, like it's just the way you wrote. It's like, you're listening to a friend talk and explaining it to someone that might not understand it, but you really, really explain it in that way to someone who, you know, might be like just now kind of tapping into that. Like when we were at the beginning of our journey, it's beautiful, but it started out as a workbook and you just kind of created it into a book because it's so neat how at the end of the chapter, there's the, like a, a workbook yeah, or an assignment or whatever. An opportunity for transformation is what I call it. And the name of the book is original wisdom, harness the power of the authentic you. And, you know, it was really about my own journey leaving the corporate world and finding my way into this work. But really, I stand on the shoulders of Drs. Ron and Mary Holnick, who really are the pioneers of spiritual psychology. And when I got introduced to spiritual psychology, there was such a knowingness inside of myself about this Mm -hmm. at the deepest level that I am so sure that you know, I am going to carry the torch into the future with spiritual psychology. You know, they are still practicing. The University of Santa Monica is still alive and well and holding online classes called Soul Centered Living. So you can find that at the University of Santa Monica.edu. And yes, I have my own way of assisting people in understanding this. But I think it's in part because of part of what you just said, Ashley, it's like, it's in me, Mm -hmm. like it's in me. And I feel like the way that we're helping each other is that we hold this energetic template for one another. And somehow I can mirror that to you in such a way that you then recognize it in yourself. And that's how we pass torch, you know, from from one of us to the next. And we're all just helping each other wake up, you know, wake up to the knowingness that we are so much more powerful than what we've been taught to believe. Right. And my book is definitely a guide for someone who wants to take themselves on this journey. 
And so at the end of each chapter, there's an opportunity for transformation, which gives the reader the chance to actually take action. And I mentioned earlier, you know, I have been a spiritual seeker since I was 12, Mm -hmm. but nothing in my life began to change until I was willing to take action, to get out of my comfort zone, to test things out and try things out to see what kind of feedback I am going to get from life. Yes, And so that's the only way we really learn, right? And there was a lot of that in my master's program that was super helpful of, you know, embodying this stuff at the mm-hmm. deepest And Um, I also have included in my book something that I call sacred truth activations, which were really me just like sort of channeling this really powerful message through me that helps people reclaim their power as a sovereign being, you know, Mm -hmm. as a sovereign spiritual being having a human adventure. Beautiful. Ah. My gosh. See, I'm telling all of you, everyone that's listening right now, do you understand why I told you you're going to love her like <laughs> I do? I just could sit here and listen to you all day. It could keep going because I, you know, you're just, I don't know. I just, there's a connection and I love it. And I love your message and I love your stories. And I, we could now go into more, you know, learning, but I loved your stories that I had to share. So I, you know, to show the magic because everybody, there's so much. And there's so many, I guess the word is an awareness. I think it's having an awareness, you know, it's like on that, on every level, be aware, have that, be open. Yeah. And I, you know, Ashley, I just want to acknowledge you for your work in the world and for your quest to help people realize that this magic is everywhere. It's all around us all the time. And all we have to do is lift our awareness. Yes. Yes. So So I just want to say thank you to you, all that you're doing to support people in enriching their life in a magical kind of a way. Oh, well, thank you. I love it. And it is my passion. Like I know what you do is your passion. And when you have, when you realize your passion, it's like, oh my gosh, you can take it from me if you tried, right? It's like, ah. it is so part of me and I am on this journey just like you are to open the eyes and, you know, make people see their power, the endless possibilities, the, they're limitless. This life is without limits and to really see that and live it yeah. like you do and see, meet people like you that do that and have seen that all the things that come from living that way, the beauty that life is here to be. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I've taken an hour of your time and I've loved oh, every it was second. My pleasure. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for your deep level of engagement. And this was just lovely. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Oh, oh, thank you. And we'll have to have a part two. Let's do it. Yeah. I've had Ellie on twice. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much, Donna. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.